Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Kuzmeyers, and whether you're trying to conceive in the middle of a pregnancy, one day or one year postpartum, we are here to provide comfort and community for the entire perinatal journey. From birth stories of moms just like you and I, to my solo musings on the throes of motherhood and business, to powerhouse mamas making real change, we are here to support you so you can take out your AirPods, feel less alone, and more empowered to take on the day. Wherever you are, let's get cozy. Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. I am in New Zealand at the moment as I am dropping this into your ears, and we don't do this often. This has probably happened maybe five to ten times, maybe only five, uh, in the history of this podcast, which has been around for over five years, which sounds crazy, but I do um, pretty good about keeping consistent with things. So I'm proud uh, to have kept up with creating content here for five years. Um, If you didn't know, I started a blog back in 2014 on health and wellness and fitness and fat loss, and I was writing three blogs a week, and that turned into writing a book, and I got tired of writing. And after I published my book in 2018, I decided, hey, let's start a podcast. My book is called Dare to Move, so the podcast used to be called Dare to Move. And when I decided to set off on uh, inventing the world's first absorbent disposable bra for breastfeeding women, I wanted to call the company Cozy Cozy, and that is why in 2022, we changed the name to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. And so here we are over a year and almost a half into the Cozy Cozy Podcast, and so excited to continue to talk with real moms and people who are supporting the journey and the shift and everything that comes with motherhood culturally, medically, socially, emotionally, mentally. We've had perinatal mood disorder therapists on, we've had counselors, we've had attorneys, we've had advocates, we've had educators, we've had doulas, we've had um lactation consultants, all of it. And today we have a motherhood mom's health coach on who really helps moms manage stress. And that is Kim Delaporta. And I'm so excited to have her on. Um, We have actually had a little bit of a backlog of interviews and um, this rarely happens. We had a bunch of people I was networking with at the end of 2023 and then the holidays came. So we've been interviewing uh, or I interviewed so many people in January and I thought, you know what? These episodes need to be dropped sooner. So um, because of the backlog, we decided to do a little bonus episode for you this week, and we're so excited about it. So I am going to share with you a little bit more about Kim in just a moment, but um, updates from me. I am in New Zealand. I'm actually filling in for um, someone in my dad's dad's company uh, quit, and my dad's dream was to bring a bunch of his employees uh, to New Zealand because that is his favorite place. He is a dual resident, and um, I was hoping that Jeff and Declan and I could uh, meet them in New Zealand in March after all the company stuff was over. And literally seven days in advance, we got the call that two spots open because someone left the company and we were like, you know what? We're filling in. We're doing it. (laughs) We're going and it's kind of nuts, but that is why I'm there early and um, there with uh, my whole family that that works in the company. So I am there. I'm so excited to be working from there. We get up at like 5 a.m., if not earlier, do a little bit of work. We're done with work by like 11 and then we have the day there. It makes for a long day, but it really is doable. Um, And I just feel, I feel a little bit like a different person over there. It feels like you go back in time 
time moves slower in a good way. Uh, people actually talk to each other. People are much more connected to the earth and at least that's how it feels. Um, it's also summer there and um, it's just a really sacred place. So I am so excited um, to be there now. If you want to follow along for the New Zealand adventures, you can follow me at Garrett and Wood and Cozy Cozy Mama. Um, so I'm going to read you guys a little bit more about Kim of Kim Della Porta Health Coaching. Um, she is so passionate about helping moms work towards their happiest and healthiest selves. She is a mom to two little boys and um, she is busy, right? Like every mom of, of boys especially. Um, so she's passionate about helping women, spreading positive energy, and whipping up healthy recipes. She is a former marketing and PR professional turned stay-at-home mom turned health coach. Um, she has been in the healthy living space um, really since she's transitioned from working full-time to being a stay-at-home mom in 2016. She loved being able to be with her son every day, but she noticed that she also started to struggle with managing daily stress. Um, she had lost her own individual identity, and um, she knew that the way she was feeling was not healthy. It was a lifestyle change that was necessary in order for her to prioritize her health and well-being so that she could be not only the best mom and partner, but to make sure that she was setting a positive example for for her sons. So she decided to focus on eating more nutrient-dense food and becoming much and became much more interested in understanding how to feed herself in a healthy, delicious, and sustainable way. So now, after changing all of that within herself, she really wanted to use that experience and knowledge to help others transform their lives. So she is um, working on some um, ebooks. She's got a four-week jump starter on her website. She does three-month one-on-one coaching, six-month one-on-one coaching, and um, as a former health coach myself. I totally love the work that she is doing. And so if you kind of, I, I guess my intention for this episode is for anyone listening to go back to the end of December 2023 or early January 2024 and remember what you set an intention for because we are all so guilty of setting those intentions and then doing them while it's still quiet and people are coming out of holiday hibernation. And then when people start getting back to their busy schedules, we go back to our bad habits. And I am guilty of that too. I said I was going to reduce caffeine and I don't know if I did a great job with that um, throughout the second half of January. So now that we're uh, in mid-Feb, I want everyone to go back and just like revisit that intention and then let all of the wisdom and the inspo from Kim motivate you to really go back to it with vigor. So vigor is the word I was looking for. And um, if you need support, if you need help, you can contact her. All of the ways to get in touch with Kim um, are in the show notes. And I'm really excited for you guys to meet and hear from Kim. So without further ado, we're going to get in the episode. Just one quick thing. I'm so excited to share that Nip Gloss is now in five locations outside of, of course, our own website. We are featured in Echo Market in Woodstock, Vermont, Homebody in Concord, New Hampshire, Pilates rx in boston holistic birth and beyond in manchester new hampshire um, we are in the bloom and rise box which is a michigan-based company by perinatal therapists amy and jen who have been on the podcast so bloom and rise then you can also find us on bumpboxes.com and so i'm very excited because these small wins feel like very big wins for us and hopefully by the time i'm back from new zealand we'll be in a couple more stores and um, there are two or three that we're in talks with so super exciting and there is a code for nip gloss 20 off in the show notes so if you are pregnant nursing 
and you need it or you have a friend that is having a baby shower, it is the perfect baby shower gift because it's fun, it's beautiful packaging. It feels like getting new makeup even though it's like for a non-sexy thing for cracked and bleeding nipples, of course, but I just feel like every mom deserves to have to like a beautiful, fun product that's easy to use. If you didn't know, the cap opens with one hand, so it's very easy to use while breastfeeding. It glides on with a ceramic applicator, which is very cooling and soothing to the nipples and no more getting gunk under your fingernails. So thank you so much for listening. Very excited for today's episode. Without further ado, I introduce to you Kim Delaporta. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We have already collaborated uh, with your blog for Cozy Cozy, which was so amazing, um, and affiliate work and all of that. And so I think it's just exciting to have you on to help moms in all the ways that you do through actually sharing with your voice. I'm a big fan of podcasting, and I think it's sometimes more digestible that way. So glad you're here. Yeah, I love listening to podcasts. You know, I do it pretty frequently when I'm walking, um, or just when I'm like doing stuff, you know, I put my little ear AirPods in and listen to it when I'm doing stuff around the house. So I think it's like a great way to be able to introduce myself and topics and just like learn new things for everybody. Yes. They're very convenient. And I think there's still more conversations to be had on what motherhood looks like because it is so different for everybody. And I think even when I listen to a podcast about a working mom that's at the office nine to five, like I still relate to that, even though that's not my reality. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to hear your story today. But before we get into it, I'll ask you the question that we ask everybody on the show, which is who are you before labels, titles, or what someone could Google about you? Yeah. So my name is Kim Delaporta. I am a health coach for moms and I haven't always been a health coach. I used to work in marketing and PR and I kind of always had the idea that I wanted to help people. And I thought that I was going to be helping people through marketing, through PR, through working at nonprofits. And, um, after I had my first son, I kind of decided that really wasn't for me and I was looking for my next path. And I was kind of introduced to health coaching through a friend of mine. And I thought like, I can do this. Like I can help other people. And I really like decided that I wanted to go forward helping moms because in that stage of my life, I didn't feel like I had a ton of support. Like I did have like support from my husband and my family and my friends, but like, I didn't feel like I had someone who could like guide me through the different stages that were happening. And I was, you know, a first time mom and I just needed, needed more. So I kind of want to be that person for mm-hmm. moms, you know, whatever stage they're in. Yeah. It's uh, I think when you go through it, you're, it's amazing how isolating it can be and um, not everyone has a therapist before they become a mom. Not everyone has a life coach before they become a mom. Not everyone has a health coach. And there's also this threshold of like, you're so in it that like, it's hard. Like for me, it was hard to even remember to brush my teeth. So like, it's also, I feel like finding that support before you have the baby is huge. Like when did, when do your clients typically find you or do you, do do you try to find moms, mom clients that are pregnant or are people coming to you kind of like when they're coming up for air? Because I definitely like 
you know, was in it. And then on the other side, I'm like, whoa, I could have used some help here. Yeah. Um, I, strangely enough, a lot of people find me, you know, after like the craziness of the newborn stage, because like yeah. you're saying, like, it, it's really hard to like come up for air. It's really hard to like think about anything except like what you need to do like day to day for your baby. So like, I tend to work with moms who have kids that are a little bit older because then they're kind of stepping back into themselves a little bit more. They, you know, realize that they have to prioritize themselves and add themselves to their to-do to list or everything else really does suffer. Um, yeah. So the people that I, I tend to work with have, you know, a little bit older kids, maybe like toddlers, um, maybe, you know, like elementary school kids, um, because like that school age, you know, when you have a little bit more free time is kind of when I have seen people be able to really pick back up with those healthy habits. Not to say that I wouldn't work with someone earlier on. I think it's like a great foundational thing, but I understand that, you know, it can be so all consuming that yeah. you might not have enough time to commit to, you know, doing calls on a regular basis and stuff like that for like the one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so true. And I think it's also just, I mean, there's, if you really, like, if you have established care with a the therapist, like I personally would probably recommend to someone like keep seeing them if you have the routine and like keep it in your schedule. But like I said, like I couldn't remember to brush my teeth some days if I was with my son all day because I was breastfeeding and then my husband's working. It's like, even on the days I had a sitter for like three hours or four hours, like I was either working during those times or showering or running errands that were too hard to do with a newborn. And there really is. And it. I think before I had a kid, I was like, yeah, right. You don't have time to do something for yourself. But you really do have to, I think, be okay with knowing those first six weeks are pretty much like you're all in. You're all in on the baby and that's okay. And so I just, I like that you acknowledge that like there is this phase where it is a little crazy and like, don't try to like, I just like that you're not a health coach saying you need to work with me the day that you come home from the hospital because it's just not realistic. Yeah, it really isn't. And you might not have time. Like you're saying, I don't even have time to brush my teeth. I can't even remember to do these things. Like, why are you going to try and like add something else to like, oh, now I have to get on a call with Kim when I really want to just like lay on the couch or spend yeah. time with my partner or snuggle my baby. Like those, you know, you don't want to have to like choose, but once yeah. you have a little bit more free time, I feel like that's like one, you can really step back into okay, how are some ways that I can like prioritize my health? What are some things that, you know, make me feel really good? And then you start adding those things back in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's this, I, I don't know where, why, how I heard it, but, you know, throughout my twenties, as someone who always wanted to be a mom, but also was career driven, I'd have these moments of like, I don't want to lose myself in motherhood. I'd see it on social media, like, don't lose yourself in motherhood and don't, you know, and my mom was um, candidly like kind of a martyr because she was a single mom. She had three kids under the age of four and a half. She gave up her career. And then later on, I saw her struggle to get back into a career. And so I had this notion that like, I had to like stay connected to myself, which it's important. But I think when we think about the physiolog physiological side and biological side of having a baby, recovering from that, and then using your body if you're breastfeeding to sustain another human's life, like it's just 
what you have to do. Like there, there's so much that has to be all encompassing and it's not wrong. It's not wrong to be all encompassed by this newborn because that's physiologically and biologically in a lot of cases, what needs to happen. And at least for those first six weeks minimum. And so I think, again, I'm just trying to, I'm saying all of this. I don't know why I'm called to say it, but because I wish I had heard that before I had a baby. I wish I had heard like, it's okay to like, not stress the routine because while like, and we'll get into it more with your work, but like later on, you are going to need someone like a Kim to come in and help you pick up the pieces and talk about routine because you do, I don't want to say get lost in a bad way, but like there is no perfect schedule. Like some days your baby doesn't nap when they're going to, some days they don't feed when you thought they were like that. There's just such a reorienting in your life that you Mm -hmm. almost have to, it's like the cheesy quote, like lose yourself to find yourself. But then once your kids have the routine or they're more like children or they're able to stand on their own two feet, then you can be like, okay, wait, who am I? Where am I? What's going on? And that's overwhelming. So talk to us about kind of like the mentality or the mindset of that people or the challenges that people who come to you have when they first, like yeah. what are, so what are their great? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to say is like, you have so many different stages in motherhood and you know, everything just changes, can change so quickly and you should not be afraid to like adjust, you know? So like a lot of things when moms come to me, they want to figure out some sort of routine. They want to get back into healthy eating. They want to make more of their meals. They want to do some sort of movement, you know, so they want to develop some sort of routine and that might work for a little while, but then like your baby goes through a leap or they, you know, they have a sleep regression and then you can't do your 6am workouts anymore, you know, for a while. And I think it's okay. You don't, you know, it doesn't mean that you're failing if you have to make adjustments to it. Like right now, like my kids, like even though they're older, might not be sleeping the best. So like, I am not doing early morning workouts. Yeah. I just, it's just like not working for me. So I'm doing them like after I drop them off at school. And for a while, you know, I even like found myself thinking like, oh, you know, you really should just get up. But like, I am prioritizing sleep right now. Like I want to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep because that also is such an important part of your health. So I can sleep Mm -hmm. and I can still get my routine in. It's just not how I originally envisioned it was going to be. Yeah. The permission to be flexible and do what you can when you can, like, it's like this notion of like non-attachment and surrender because same thing, like when you're exhausted, it's not good for your hormones anyway to be like sprinting on the treadmill if you were up all Mm -hmm. night. And I think for me, I... I'm a big journaler. I'm an early morning, you know, person. And I always thought like, that's going to come in hand because when I have a baby, I won't have a hard time getting up early and having me time. What I didn't realize is if you're up three times in the middle of the night and then they wake up at 4.30 to nurse, like you don't want to get up at five because you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And like I would, my husband would get up and he'd work out and then he'd come like wake me up after his workout. Like, hey, like get up so you like before I go to work so I can give you a minute And I'd be like, whoa, how did I sleep until 7.30? It's like, oh, because I am exhausted. And Mm -hmm. allowing myself to not be like attached to that thing that I thought would be my time. It's like, you know what? It might have to be, like you said, mid-morning. I used to never work out after 7 a.m. And then 9.30 workouts became 
lovely mm-hmm. for me, you know? So that um, kind of non-attachment to the schedule is hard to do when you want to have a routine, but it's this, it's uh it's really a skill to be able to like, it's like every hour the kid does something to shift the routine. And then you have to be like, I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to do this move or do that move. So would you say most people come to you more for the routine or the health side of things? I would say that people come to me for a whole variety of reasons. You know, I work one-on-one with people who I have free consultation calls with people and they basically just tell me like what their health goals are. Like, what are some things you want to change? And then if it's something that I think we can help on, whether it's stress management, routines, uh, movement, uh, relationships, uh, water intake, you know, all of these different things. Um, we start with a couple things, you know, we don't need to like, I'm not here to tell you, you need to start doing like 10 things every single day to like improve your life. Right. Because that's just going to be overwhelming for you. And it's just going to be just too much to handle and it's not going to be sustainable for you. So I really try and pick out like, what are your top three things, top two things that we can like work on. And we make small sustainable shifts towards your goals that way we can keep building on it, keep working on it. And that's why like when I meet with people every couple of weeks, we check in on their goals. How are you doing? Where do you need more support? And if you have achieved this or, you know, if you want to like kind of stack something else onto it, then that's kind of where we would do that. Um, but I say people come to me for a whole myriad of reasons, really. Like it just depends on their individual goals. Um, and sometimes it's really just about accountability. Yeah. Because you know what you should be doing. Yes. But you don't have somebody like checking in on you and like holding you accountable, whether you want me to email you or text you or call you. Um, The accountability is like a huge part with working one-on-one with people and they just need somebody to kind of like feel like they're their coach, their cheerleader, like in their corner, like wanting them to win. And that's a big part of what I do as well. Yeah. I think back to like when I started my coaching business in 2014, which sounds, makes me sound old because that was 10 years ago. Um, (laughs) I used to say the same thing. I'd say like, we all know we should eat an apple over a piece of cake Mm -hmm. and we all know we should probably walk at least if we're sitting all day for some Mm -hmm. portion of our day, but why do we not do it? And it's because, well, at the time I was focused more on like young adults or or even like later stage career people who are just way too busy. But I, when I'd work with moms, I, because I wasn't a mom yet, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like you gotta, you gotta like find that time for yourself. I was so like kind of bulldogging them on like, you have to do this, which I believe like we clients are like soul level, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like soulmates. Like I, I really believe like we come into each other's lives because we're supposed to. And I trust that whatever I said to my clients when I was in my twenties, like they were supposed to hear. However, if I were doing that type of coaching now, I would be much more realistic on like, maybe that's not what you need. Like maybe you need to, uh, maybe you need accountability, right? But like, maybe it's accountability for self-care. Maybe it's accountability for a nap. Uh, but yep. that level of someone checking in on you creates this level of um, follow through that some people don't have. And especially as moms, 
the the first thing to go is yourself. Like, oh, they're not napping and they're crying. Guess I'm not going to work out. Oh, like I didn't have time to make it to the grocery store because they were having a meltdown. I guess I'll just eat chicken nuggets or whatever. Um, and I think that that, that accountability piece is huge. Um, when it comes to like stress management, what kinds of things are moms talking to you about? Um, because that is a huge topic for us on this podcast and looking at, um, I always talk about the levels of consciousness and fight or flight versus being more of the observer and restful awareness. Like there's so much of motherhood that is based in fight or flight. Like the other day, just getting my son into the bath involved him pooping his pants, stepping in the poop, me stepping in the poop. Like that's fight or flight. Like that is not calm. That is not like, Mm -hmm. even if you're calm moving through it, like you're still like, what the heck is going on here? And so it is hard on the nervous system and on a stress level because of how much kind of um, like, no, don't do that. Don't jump off of that. Like there's just a lot of fight or flight energy in motherhood. Yes, absolutely. And my kids are big into like jumping off everything. I have two boys, they're four and seven, and they are always doing something like super wild. And so like, I totally get that energy. And I like live in that energy, like a lot of the time when my kids are here, it's quiet right now, because they're at school. Um, But (laughs) I would say that, you know, a lot of um, when I talk about like self care and self stress management with moms, um, finding something that works for them, that they can be consistent with. So like whether it's going on a walk, whether it's some sort of exercise, whether it's, you know, getting up early to do your journaling, whether it's, um, you know, some people can't do silent meditations. Maybe it's guided meditations. Maybe it's listening to calm music. Maybe it's deep breathing exercises, you know, just something. And it doesn't have to be very long. You know, you can really take yourself down pretty quickly if you are like concentrating on, you know, your breathing and, you know, the restful awareness of just like being very trying to take yourself out of that fight or flight. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would say just something like that, any of those things, you know, that you can be consistent with, because if you say, well, in order to, you know, relax or in order to manage my stress, I need to meditate for 30 minutes every single day. It has to be perfectly quiet. It has to be, you know, at five o'clock in the morning. If that's not like going to work for you, then it's never going to be something that's going to be sustainable for you. So, and it might take a while to kind of figure out mm-hmm. what does work for you. It might be some trial and error. It might be, yeah. you know, and if that's just like what we were talking about with like being flexible with your routines, yeah. like trying stuff saying, okay, that definitely wasn't for me. That didn't work like at all. I just like was thinking about like everything else I need to do while I was trying to like silently. Like for me, like I don't, can't do like the silent meditations has to be like a guided meditation. So I'm like, they're telling me to do something or I'm like doing some sort of imagery or something like that. So that I'm not like thinking about my to-do list and all the things that I need to do, Mm -hmm. you know, for the rest of the day and the places I need to bring the boys and all that kind of thing. So yeah like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like going, I'm getting the image of like two layers deeper because I can so relate to like, if I do get a quiet moment, it's like, if I'm in fight or flight and I don't even realize it. And then like the energy around me, like maybe my, my husband takes my son out for like to play in the yard after work. And I'm like, well, the house is quiet. The first thing my brain wants to do is it like wants to do like, what's the checklist? What do I need to do? It's like, it's not as crazy a fight or flight, but it's still this like octave of like, 
there's stuff to do. And that's not actually fully out of fight or flight. That's still in this, like, I got to kind of like frenetic energy. And it's almost like has to pierce two layers deeper, which, you know, guided meditation can help with, or being on a, a, a 30 minute walk versus just stepping outside for five minutes. And so I do think it's important. And I like that you said, like, you have to consciously bring yourself back. But I would also add that, like, for me, I had to have practice feeling what bringing myself back feels like, because when you come home from the hospital, like I didn't sleep for several days in the hospital. Then I come home to a baby that's having me up all night. Then Mm -hmm. you're still like, are they napping? Are they not? Are they breathing? Like, did they roll in their bassinet? Like there's so many things that I think I was like in fight or flight for so long. I forgot what like calm actually feels like because when I, he started sleeping through and I maybe longer gaps. Like I'd fall asleep for three hours. I'd be like, <gasps> I'd be like woken up to like, does he need to eat? Like what's going on to so your nervous system? And I know again, it's like, it is stage wise for postpartum. Like that is a normal thing. Like you're, you're learning how to like care and provide for a baby, but I'd be so curious to learn about your postpartum experiences. And then the difference between the two, because I am not a second time mom yet. And I'm so hopeful that the second time I am able to be more aware of my nervous system and because I know what I'm going into and what I'm in for, like maybe it won't feel as overwhelming, but I would love to hear kind of what your experience was, especially between the two. Yeah. So, um, I had two C-sections with both of my sons. And so I had like that additional healing to like go through as well, which made uh, certain things a little bit harder, you know, with like picking them up and doing things like that, going up and down the stairs in our house. And, you know, when you have a two-story house and you have babies that you have to carry and do all that kind of thing. Um, I definitely think that I was um, more restful in my first postpartum experience um, because I didn't have like another child to take Mm. care of. So it wasn't like I could like sit with my son. I could, you know, I was very like, okay, you're home. It was also like only a couple months after I stopped working. So I was still like getting used to being home all of the time and having him and being a first time mom and like I remember me sitting on the couch so much and him sleeping very close to me so that I could just like be watching him all the time. Yeah. You know, I was very nervous about stuff like that. Same thing with like when he started sleeping longer stretches and you would like wake up yeah. and you're just like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. And you would, like look over, you know, if they're sitting yeah. next to you or if they're, you know, sleeping in their own room at the time. Um, so I definitely like relate to that and the fight or flight. And then with my second son, um, I was doing a lot more because I had a toddler and I had a baby. I think that I probably did like some things recovery wise, like a little sooner that I shouldn't have, like started lifting things or just because I had to move around. I had to do stuff once my husband went back to work and I was home with both of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were different, but also similar, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's like challenges and nuances in both. Um, Because yeah, you're like, yes, you know what you're in for as far as like, it's not a surprise. You've done this before, but you have this other human to take care of. Um, What was your experience like with stress and with, you know, whether it was postpartum depression, anxiety, mood swings, like how did, how connected to yourself did you feel during postpartum? I didn't really, I mean, I didn't 
myself personally, I very much resonate with the taking care of the baby. That was like the main thing and just letting everything else kind of fall to like the wayside, you know? So like, I didn't really thinking back, like, I can't really like think like, oh, I did this for stress management. I did that. One thing I will say is that I was going through my training for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition when Mm -hmm. I got pregnant with my second son and then I had him and then I still had stuff to do because it was a year long program, like when he had been born. And so I was still doing coaching circles. I was still doing uh, practice calls. So I had to kind of fit that in. So that Mm -hmm. was like an added level of stress, but also I was kind of learning new techniques for stress management and things like that. Like I had made a commitment that I was going to be doing guided meditation. So like I would do that kind of as a pairing with like when I would nurse him before he would go to bed for the night, I would like sit there and nurse him and like do a guided meditation to kind of like bring myself down and then put him to sleep. Nice. Um, That's what I remember most about it. Yeah. What would you say? Like, I know that a lot of your clients are coming to you later, but if you were to give advice to moms going through postpartum, as far as whether it's stress management or health or any of it, like, what do you feel like moms are missing or what do they, you know, maybe moms that are coming to you when their child is three or four, like, what are they reprioritizing that they didn't prioritize when their kids were little? Um, I would say that their, their movement is a big thing because I would say that when they are coming, when they're coming to me later, I say their movement and their healthy eating kind of like those types of routines are the things that they are looking to get back on track because when they're little and you are, I mean, we all do like the eating stuff off the kids' plates, right? I'm not like the only one who does yeah, that. Yeah. And it's oh, like yeah. this, you know, like the scrap meal, yep. um, but kind of like setting the time for you to actually have a meal or setting the time for you to have some time to get some exercise or movement in that you want. Those are some big things that people are looking to get back in their schedule because once they have their kids, whether they go back to work or whether they're staying home with them, they kind of get into a routine that all revolves around the child usually. And so kind of bringing themselves back to their to-do list is, you know, so whether it's stress management or it's routines just in general for your day, whether it's their morning routine and their evening routine or meal prepping or doing anything like that. Those are like some big things that people come to me looking for. One thing I would say, another part of your question was um, you asked about what advice I would give to like newer parents. And I would say that being flexible is like the number one thing, you know, because we were talking about how you used to be such a morning person getting up, but like when you're not getting sleep, don't stress yourself out over not getting up at five o'clock to do your journaling when you could do it later. Just be a little bit flexible on the timing of things mm-hmm. and listen to your body and what your body needs in that moment yeah. or that for that day, for that week, it might change. Yeah. But just kind of being like receptive to that is really helpful. 
Yeah, I think it's like the no plan plan. Like there is not going to be a plan and Mm -hmm. that's okay because of how you feel. And I think, you know, everyone has their own journey through it. But if you're powering through to your own detriment, like that's not going to end well. If you're not doing things just in case the baby wakes up, that's also to your detriment. If you're really feeling called to go call a friend or go take a bath or, you know, whatever. But I do think there's just this level of like, again, it's like the word that's coming up is just reorientation in life. Like, what is my life now as a mom? And you're not going to know for a while, but I think listening to what your body is feeling it, the, to the best you can. Again, it's hard. Your hormones are going all over the place. But again, like I, I think flexibility to move with how you're feeling is, is important. Um, and what, um, what has been the biggest shift for you owning your own business versus working in marketing and maybe how it's affected you as a human or, and, or your marriage? Like I've been an entrepreneur. I joke, I've only ever had a, a year and a half of corporate experience. Um, I started my first business the first day of my first real job after mm-hmm. college. So like, I just, I'm used to the flexibility of, to use that word, um, of day to day, every day looks different. I can work from anywhere. Um, and my husband knew what he was signing up for, but, mm-hmm. um, with cozy, cozy, it's a new venture and it, because it's different, uh, it's still entrepreneurial, but it's a different type of business. Uh, it's been very, very stressful. And I know that that has definitely impacted our marriage um, because he's taking on more and I'm having, I'm less available to him and all of that. But I'm just so curious for people who move out of longer term corporate jobs into working for themselves, um, on top of also being a mom. Cause I made the, I, I had been an entrepreneur before I was a mom, so I didn't have to get reoriented with that too. So talk mm-hmm. to us about that. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of moms out there that would like the flexibility and the freedom to work from home and work for themselves. But it's not only the entrepreneurial risk, it's also just like, what does that feel like when you're used to corporate? Mm-hmm. So I worked in marketing and PR for about 10 years. I started like at my first job, like two days after I graduated from college. And I was, you know, always like, oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. And then working at like a nonprofit, I was, I kind of made the decision that when we had our son, I was going to stay home because with the cost of daycare and everything like that, it just didn't make sense to me. And I wanted to be there to, um, you know, just be there for him. And I would say that, you know, for a while I was just home and that was fine. And I liked it, but I, I wanted to do something else. Like I, I have like this, you know, I want to be doing something. I want to be helping people. I wanted to be doing something. And so I, you know, found health coaching and I started my business. And even for a while after I started my business, I didn't really do anything because COVID happened and the kids were home and it was just like a whole cluster. Um, But I love the flexibility for sure of Mm -hmm. being able to, but you also have to like work hard because you have to work hard to get your clients. You just, you have to work hard to create your products. You have to set your own schedule and you have to be like, not regimented, but you need to be motivated, I guess, because if you aren't, then I could just like sit around all day and not do anything, but then I won't get paid. Then I won't get clients. Then I won't make progress in my career as it is now. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, it's great to have the flexibility and the work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that it helped us for sure um, in our marriage. I love how he's always been super supportive of me in anything I wanted to do. And so when I kind of brought him this idea of becoming a health coach, I was just like, oh, no, what's he going to think? And just been there like every step of the way, every idea I have, I bounce off of him and he just, you know, anything he can do to like support me. Um, So it's been really great. That's amazing. I think what you're also illustrating for people too, is like, it has to be something you really want to do based on the level of work involved. Like it's not like, oh, I could just work from home because I want to be home. And like, it would just be a nice thing to do. It's like, you have to really, I mean, you talked earlier about like finishing up your certification and like, there were a lot of hours or a lot of practice calls. There's a lot of stuff you have to do um, to get started with anything. Right. And it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And so I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's my Sagittarius or what, but I'm very driven by passion. So usually if I fall in love with something, like there's no stopping me, which is, it's great for follow through. Um, it's not great for things I'm not passionate about because I won't do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that you do have to find something that is, um, you're really called to because otherwise, I mean, you use the word hard work like numerous times and I'm like nodding my head like it is hard, but there's something about it that like you can you can look at it and be like, that was hard. But in the moment you're doing it because you are getting some level of joy and reward out of it that is like equal to or greater than parts of motherhood. Right. Because and that's like my new threshold. I'm like, if this doesn't bring me as much joy or greater than being with my son, then why would I do it? Like it's not worth it because I'm already home. Right. So I might like, if I'm taking time away from him that to build something else, like, again, it has to be fun. Um, Mm -hmm. because when you're tired or you're nursing or your baby was just crying and you have to go get on a zoom call, like Mm -hmm. not easy, not easy, not, not at all. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's just, but it's important to listen to the calling. So you mentioned earlier that you felt like you didn't have all the support you needed. I can attest to just like, there's air of loneliness that occurs because, you know, and I actually, it's like finding a needle in a haystack, but it's very hard to find another human being that is in the exact same stage of life, going through the exact same things that you also have time to hang out with. So like for the first seven and a half, or I guess first nine months, like I was like, what do you do with the kid? Like I live in New Hampshire. There's not a lot going on here. Like, do I go to Target every day? Like I'm burping him. I'm playing with him. I'm nursing him. I'm cleaning up after him. I'm doing laundry. And I was like, there has to be more to life. Luckily for me at nine months, I found a friend whose son was literally like the exact same age. So in the small pockets of time, we did see each other at like baby gymnastics. We could like mm-hmm. commiserate, but it's not like she was in my house with me, hanging out with me during all these, these, these things we could a week later be like, did you have that happen too? And it's nice. But again, there's this air of loneliness. So talk to us about kind of that impetus, that passion that did make you want to start this. Like, what was that loneliness like for you? When I had my first son, you know, it was difficult because you don't know what it's going to be like. And we all kind of, you like you're talking about, like we go through phases where like everybody's getting married and everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that. And, you know, my friends who had um, babies at that time um, didn't necessarily live like very close to us. 
And so that was difficult. You know, of course you have people that come over and like visit you, but you're still like home all day yeah. with the baby alone while like your partner maybe goes to work. And then, you know, you feel like you don't have any time to do anything. Yeah. And so that was difficult for me. And just thinking in my head, like, I wish that I had some kind of support right now, or I wish that there was just something else. Yeah. There was just someone to lean on and just knowing that there's like other people out there, but it's hard to find them. Right. So, um, it was just like, I, I feel like it was a difficult time, but it also was the time when I like realized a lot of things about myself. Mm. Like I was able to do a lot more things on my own that I didn't know that I could do, or, um, I could, you know, manage things. I'm definitely a planner. So when things don't go according to plan, it's yeah. very hard for me, <laughs> yeah. um, But like, then again, going back to like the being flexible, like you want to make sure um, that, you know, you're listening to your body. And I don't know, I just, I just, when I came out of that, I just thought like once my son was a little bit older and I had a little more time, I looked back on it and I said, like, I wish that I had somebody to help me. And like, why, why can't I be that person for other people? Like, why can't I be there to like, support them in whatever way, you know, whether they're just people like on my Instagram that, you know, when you're scrolling in the middle of the night, yeah, you know, feeding your baby, you know, which we all have done so many times, like you're, whether you're doing that or whether you're downloading like my morning routine starter kit to try and like get, like break out of the rut that you're in and try and figure out exactly like how you want to move forward or whether you're like working with me one-on-one all of those things are different ways, like different levels, mm-hmm. right? Because like a new mom might not want to work with me one-on-one because she's got zero time, mm-hmm. but she can still kind of find that community online, which I know you're very big into yeah. promoting that for moms and with Cozy Cozy and with your super mama support circle and all of that kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's hard to find the people, but they're out there. Yes. So it's finding the ways to connect with them. Yeah. It's like, I, I imagine like all these women sitting in rocking chairs in the middle of the night, like awake, but like no one else, you feel like you're alone. And like, I actually had to like zoom out and be like, actually there are other moms doing this right now. It's like, a, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a rite of passage, but, um, and I, I've said this before on this podcast for any like longtime listeners, but there is a um, author, teacher, speaker, his name's uh, Dr. John Demartini. And one of his theses is just how our, our wounds become our wisdom and our voids become our values. And it's like, you had this void of, I felt a little bit alone. I wish I had had someone to support me. And then you're like, okay, well, that's my value now. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I value. I'm going to go put the work into that. And I know that it sounds cheesy, but I actually do get very inspired by Instagram. Like if I see someone post about, and it depends on the day. It depends on my mood, obviously. Like, it's not like every day I look to my phone to get inspired for workouts. But like, sometimes I am kind of in a, a rut with workouts and I see someone post something. I'm like, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to do that exact move because I haven't done that exercise in a long time. Or they got out for a walk in the cold. I'm going to do that too. And I think that we underestimate sharing our experience and sharing our kind of like 
breakthroughs and our own moments of overcoming things because we're like, oh, people don't want to know or people don't care. It's like, it's not about people caring. It's about sharing that octave of being. Like I'm sharing that I'm putting support out there to the world. You may not need it now, but just knowing it's out here is helpful or seeing that other moms did my course. Like, great. Now they might try it too, or know that it's there. Like I remember a couple moms had posted about, um, nurture by naps, which is like a more of like a breastfeeding, like they're nurse practitioners and they do, they've been on this podcast, but they, um, they do a lot of, um, workshops for like how to start solids. It's much more like baby kid stuff. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing moms posting about it and being like, I don't need this now, but like flagging, like flagging for later when I have the mental capacity. And so Mm -hmm. I also think like, it's just like, I like that you brought attention to the fact that like, yeah, moms might not need the course today, or they might not think that they can handle it, but like you just showing up in the support of what all of this represents for moms. Just like we have the super mama support circle and there might not be that many people that come to one, but it's there. Like it is there for you and it exists because it, mm-hmm. it feels hard to find people because like it feels hard to do everything when you're <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And you know, a couple years ago, I think I did it two years in a row. I did, um, kind of like this call it a promo. I would just say that it was a, an offering where I did just like free support calls Mm -hmm. during a single month for, for anybody. So it could just be, you know, what do you want to talk about? Like, do you need advice? Do you just need someone to talk to? Like, I just did these free support calls for moms because like so much of what you, you do feel alone and you don't, you know, maybe you don't want to like talk to your family or your friend about like something specific, but you just need someone to listen to. And so like I did these free calls with people and I think that it was like a really good way to just offer my support and my expertise to the community. And it didn't cost anything. It was just like a half hour and it was just like a half hour of my time, half hour of their time. And it was like easy for them to commit to because it was just short and it was just like, you know what? I really need to talk to somebody and I'm going to talk to Kim today. You know, yeah. we would just set them up. And I felt like that was just like a really awesome thing. It's huge. That helped people during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, um, I joke that like the coaching world is like the wild west sometimes just because it's like everyone, you know, there's coaches that are like, that'll be $100,000 or, you know, like there's, it's the wild west in, in, in a good way and about, and, and all the ways, but there is this kind of, um, again, uh, it's like, I'm like, it's like barrier to entry because it's like, like you were saying in the very beginning of the call, like maybe they can't meet every week. Maybe it all of a sudden starts to feel like a burden. Like you don't want it to feel like a burden, but there are these smaller entry points. Like when you've done those offers or your online course or like something that you can do at your own pace. But I also want to reflect too what you said about just having a place to show up and talk because sometimes I would go to like, when I met this one friend, son, the same age, like just hearing like what would even come out of my mouth when I'd hang out with her. I'm like, I didn't even know that needed to come out, but right. you're in a more remote place where you're not going to bump into someone and meet someone to become a friend. Like there are people, there are Kim Delaportas of the world that you can go to and either coach or do coaching calls. If that's what you're offering. I know right now your main focus is your online course, but it is important to like recognize that there are resources. And that's a huge part of why I do this podcast with people like you, because there's so many different types of 
of support uh, systems and people and courses out there that I just want to bring awareness to. So I'd love to know more about um, your course or kind of, it sounds like you have your online like main course, but then you kind of have like an entry course too. So talk to us about those. Sure. So I have an online course that I am working on all around routines and stress management for moms, because that is such a big thing that I have heard from so many people. And it is a go at your own pace online course that's going to have videos. It's going to have like worksheets so you can develop your own routines. It's going to have different tactics that you can use for stress management because I feel like those things like go hand in hand, like so well together. Um, So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be launching in 2024, a little bit later this year. I'm currently working on it. And the... um, freebie that I have that's related to the course is called the morning routine starter kit. And that really focuses on your morning. It focuses on figuring out what your ideal morning might look like. And then it gives you some ideas of things that you might want to include, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, whether it's exercise, drinking your coffee alone by yourself, mm-hmm. without there, which I know can be sometimes hard. Um, there's like a worksheet in there where you can kind of develop it. And my main thing with that is it doesn't have to be elaborate to be effective. It can be two things. It can be 10 things. It doesn't have to be that long. It doesn't have to be, you know, a huge undertaking every single day. Yeah. And that's just a freebie that people can get um, from my email list. And it's just a really good way to start with your routines, you know, start kind of bookend your day with your morning routine, you bookend it with your nighttime routine, you know, trying to make sure that you start your day off on the right foot. And so that is that packet. I, I feel like is a really good resource because not only does it give you ideas, but it also gives you a way to work through the ideas and come out with something that's completely customized to you. Yeah. For your yeah. It's just, it's so funny because people sometimes, and I know I've been that person where I'm like, I see someone on TikTok or Instagram, like, oh, here's my morning routine. And I kind of laugh. I go, why is it such a thing? And it's like, actually, it is a big thing because it's you saying, like, I'm one, I'm doing something for myself. Two, I'm consciously thinking about what my body needs, what's going to set me up for the day, what's going to make me feel empowered. And like earlier when you said, um, you know, just being able to drink your coffee alone. There have been two, or it was actually last weekend, two days in a row where I was like, all I want to do is just wake up and have it. Like it's, there's something so blissful once you become a mom about drinking coffee in the morning mm-hmm. and both days, my son woke up early. My husband, which was really sweet of him, like went to get him, but then brought him down. And he's like, mommy, come sit with me and like get my water. And, th- and then I'm like, I just need a minute. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to drink this coffee. And um, it's hard sometimes to create that space. But I like the notion of like, what if there were like three or four things that just made you know that before anything else, it's like putting your own oxygen mask on. And like, there is so much, it's like so symbolic too. And it's just energetically saying like, I command my own energy, I command my space. And it's hard to do. It's harder than we think. So I love that. I hope people check out that resource. Um, and uh for the course that you will be dropping this year, will that be on a website, Instagram, where will that be found? And where, like, where should people be like following now to know about that? Sure. I will definitely be talking about it on my Instagram page. It's just Kim Delaporta. It's just my name. It's easy to find. I share tons of tips and tricks and stuff on there. 
Um, and the course will be on Teachable, which is like the online platform. Okay. So it'll be able to access it. Um, so they can follow me on Instagram is probably the best place. Perfect. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, is there a link to the um, starter uh, morning routine starter packet that we could share yes. too, or just yep. on your, okay, we'll put both no, in the show notes. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom for being there. I hope everyone follows you and checks it out because uh, I I feel like morning routines you think, or in general routines seem intuitive, but sometimes you really need a sounding board to like figure it out. Definitely. And it's just one of those things where I feel like people think it has to be like super long. Mm. Like I feel like people think in order to have a morning routine, and it doesn't have to be like an Instagram perfect morning routine or TikTok morning routine where you get up and you stretch for 10 minutes and you meditate and you do your journal and you exercise and then you, you know, take a bath and then you do all of these things. Like it doesn't have to be that. It could just be getting up, having coffee, making your to-do list. Yeah. And like stretching for five minutes. It could be like anything you want it to be, as long as it's going to be something that you're going to be able to commit to. And if you miss it a day, it's okay. That goes back to like being flexible, but just think about what you want your day to feel like and what you want like your ideal morning to be. And you can work slowly towards achieving that. I love what you said, like how you want to feel because how I felt when I was like, not getting to drink my coffee was not how I want to feel, but it's yes. what else could I have done that mm-hmm. would have given me that feeling? Because mm-hmm. we do get to control our energetic state. And by putting things on your to-do list or on your plate, so to speak, or in your day, throughout your day, that allow you to feel the way you want to feel is so important because otherwise it doesn't feel good. And, um, yeah. you know, we're recording in January, actually on a new moon, which is really powerful. People may be hearing this later, um, cause we're not dropping it like tomorrow. And so I think it's also nice to think about like, okay, you're in February, you're hearing this now, like you have time, you have the year is still new, but it's not this like overwhelming January pressure, like mm-hmm. take some autonomy, take some, um, put some effort into how you want to feel because that's how we create our reality. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and everyone follow Kim. All the links are in the show notes and um, hopefully people will follow along to stay in touch with you. Sounds great. Thanks so much.